This week I'm here to talk to you about a very intense topic. Money. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table. I'm your host, Candace Eisner. Hey guys, okay, all joking aside, yeah, let's talk about that little topic that every single one of us self-employed people has struggled with at one time or another, or maybe you're struggling with it right now, money. But before I get into that topic, I want to be clear on something, and it's probably obvious to you, but I still want to say it anyway, just to be on the safe side. I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not an accountant, and I don't have any sort of formal financial training. I do suggest actually that you talk to both of those professionals, um, especially if you're in debt or if you have a complicated tax situation. But even if you're in a good place financially and you have pretty simple taxes, financial advisors can be helpful with setting savings goals or putting aside money for retirement or all those money-related issues and questions that you might have or you might have in the future. And of course, a good accountant is oh, is awesome. Um, they can save you a lot of money at tax time and they'll always make sure that you're aware of any changes to tax law or policies that you need to know about and start you know, paying into or uh, ways that you can save new money. I'm gonna tackle this topic more from my own experiences. I've been running my own business for over 10 years now, so you know, I've had a lot of time to think about this whole income equation. And as well, I grew up in a really money savvy household. Both of my parents worked in finance and my dad worked as a credit counselor for the last few years of his career. So needless to say, um, thinking about smart ways to handle your money is, it's sort of in my genetics. It's just something that I've always been exposed to even from a really young age. So. Really, it seems that everyone I know who works for themselves has money issues of some kind, or they used to have money issues until they look, they took a really huge look at them and uh, made some big changes. So maybe the issue is that they make enough money to pay their bills, but they'd like to have some extra cash flow for stuff like, you know, vacations and fun gadgets and saving for retirement and that kind of stuff. Maybe their issue is they actually don't make enough money to pay the bills, so they have to supplement their income somehow. And you know that, that can be really hard when you're trying to build a business and you only have so many hours in a day. Or maybe they're making a really good income, but they wanna start thinking about ways to make money that don't require them to work so many hours a week. Because when you're a massage therapist or any other kind of worker where you're charging by the hour or by a time slot, time literally is money. So, it's always good to think about ways that you can branch out and make money without having to bill for time. I've been in all three of those positions I just described, and I know many of you out there can relate to at least one of them, possibly all of them. I also know this can be a bit of a stressful time of year for you massage therapists out there in Ontario and probably in some of the other provinces of Canada as well, because your registration renewal is due to this College of Massage Therapists soon. Um, you've got to renew your professional liability insurance at this time of year, and it's not late enough in the season to start taking advantage of that whole December holiday income rush. And you're coming off of what might have been a slower time because for a lot of massage therapists, the summer is a slower time. So right now is a bit of a stressful money time. So let's dive into this money topic and get talking about it. First and foremost, the big thing a lot of us need to get past is the fact that we don't have a steady, predictable income. That's true no matter how much you make. I think a lot of the frustration that comes up with most self-employed people is that huge unknown. 
One major change to your schedule can mean a relatively large reduction in your income. If you were employed, it would be your company that would have to deal with the loss. You know, yeah, it is possible you'd lose your job, but in a lot of cases, it just means the company has to find another way to deal with the reduced profits. But when you work for yourself, you are the company. You're the one who has to take the responsibility. So that doesn't mean you have to get on the defensive and start getting really stressed about your income and your business at every moment of the day. If you set up a budget and are smart about it, when and where you spend your money, you're going to have a lot easier time dealing with those ups and downs that are an expected and normal part of being self-employed. And of course, if you do the work to keep your practice more steadily busy year-round, the ups and downs won't be as extreme. Uh, just a quick reminder that I have talked about those issues a little bit on my in my episodes about emails, uh, follow-ups, and email newsletters, and we will get to that big old topic about how to make uh, how to make income in a way that doesn't bill for time. I'm going to talk about that next week on my, on the podcast, so stay tuned. So let's talk about expenses and budgeting. So before you can budget a darn thing, you need to know what your monthly expenses are. Expenses are the things that are going to be basically the same every single month, no matter how much money you make. We're not talking about your taxes. That's part of your budgeting. So don't don't think about your taxes yet. We're just talking about the general living and business expenses you have, like rent, whether it's business rent or personal rent, um, massage oil, banking fees, website hosting, your mortgage, your linens, car payments, gas, electricity, food, so on and so on and so on. For most massage therapists, you also have a several regular large expenses once per year, like the things we mentioned earlier, your insurance and your registration. So a smart thing to do when looking at your budget is to add up what your expenses are for an entire year and then divide it by 12 months so you're getting an average per month. This is also a helpful exercise to see where your money is actually going. If you've never actually looked at these sorts of details, you might end up kind of shocked by some of the numbers. You know what? It's better to know and be able to make changes than to be kind of in the dark. Um, You may kind of feel like, oh, I don't really want to look. But you know what? Yeah, you do, because it's going to make your life so much easier. So now that you've got your expenses tracked and averaged out to a per month amount, you now need to think about how you want to budget. Basically, there are three ways that people tend to budget, Um, at least if they're self-employed, although this kind of applies in a broader sense as well. The first is the non-budget budget. So you see what you're making each month as the money comes in and try to keep your spending in line with that. You keep track of what's in your bank account, but you don't really have a game plan for saving or paying your bills beyond the current month. And you always feel a little bit stressed about how many clients you have each month because you're never sure if you're going to be able to actually cover your expenses until you see how many clients have been booked. As you might imagine, this is not a good way to run your business or live your life, and it's only going to stress you out. Let's call it like it is. This isn't a budget. This is just getting by. Now, if you're just starting out and your income isn't enough to cover your expenses, that's okay. I assume you have another way to cover your bills as you build your business, and that's fine. Um, but you do need to think about budgeting. You, you don't want to sort of have a non-budget budget forevermore. You want to feel confident that you can pay for everything and live your life, whether the money is coming from your business or for some other thing you're doing to pay the bills in the meantime. The second way we self-employed people tend to budget is the lean versus fat method. And no, I'm not talking about food. This is where you have two budgets, one for the months where you've, you're not making that much income, the lean months, and one for the months where you've got 
lots more income, the fat months. These can, this can work, but personally, I found it frustrating because I kind of felt like I had two levels of income and two levels of spending, and I had to wait to buy things for the fat months and felt like I could never get ahead with anything like saving or retirement or buying a house, which was something that was really important to me. Honestly, it always felt like things were up in the air, even if I was very aware of the natural ups and downs in my schedule, and I'd sort of planned for that. So again, for most people, this is not the best way to budget, having the sort of the two budgets budget. The third way to budget, which most people find the best once they get used to it, is budgeting based on your average monthly income and you stick to it. I emphasize that because a lot of people, they budget based on their average monthly income and then they kind of, you know, they have a really good month and they spend extra money and then everything starts to fall apart. So you have to budget based on your average monthly income and you have to stick to your budget. So you take a look at a couple years worth of your income, gross, not net, since like I said, your expenses and taxes are part of your budgeting, and you average that out to a per month figure. Then you set up everything else based on that figure. So if you do things with this averaging method, it means some months you're gonna have more extra leftover money after paying your expenses. Ah, that's okay. You're gonna need that money for the months where it's leaner to balance everything out. So don't go spend it all in one place, you're here. But seriously, there is, this is, sorry, the best way to budget because it is the most balanced approach and it allows you to make realistic decisions on the other things we're gonna talk about, like giving yourself a salary or saving for retirement, setting up an emergency fund or, just planning, you know, how much you can spend for Christmas or when you can take a vacation. So hold on a second. I just said salary. Um, have any of you been withdrawing yourself a salary or have you just been kind of living off whatever's left over at the end of a month? Hmm. Well, yeah, you should actually be setting yourself a salary. Um, you should be calculating a reasonable salary for yourself each month revisit the amount about every six months to see if the amount is still reasonable based on, you know, how much money you're making at that time. Um, the salary obviously has to pay for your living expenses. So that's why we're setting a budget. So you know how much you need and it should be based on what money is left after you've paid your business expenses and set aside money for taxes. So let's talk about, uh, putting aside money for your taxes. I know this can be a really big stress point for many massage therapists, and I'll tell you, it's stressful for a lot of self-employed people as well, like regardless of what they do for their career. You might have heard that this quote, and I honestly don't know where this originated, but it seems to be really common that you should set aside 30% of your income for tax time. And actually, that's a pretty good average. It actually works pretty well for a lot of people's situations. But if you want better accuracy, well, first, you could talk to your accountant. But if you, if you don't go talk to your accountant, you, what you can do is you can take a look at your tax rate. Um, for Canadians, you have to look at your federal and your provincial Cana uh, tax rate. And that's based on what you're going to be paying on your net income, not your gross income, right? Then don't forget that you need to add on 10% for the Canada Pension Plan because as self-employed people, we have to pay both halves of it. If you're unsure about this stuff, like I just said, talk to your accountant. Um, you know, you don't want to mess this part up. You don't want to save half of what you need and then come tax time, you're, you know, you're chewing your nails because you can't figure out where you're going to get the money. Um, but whatever that number is, so whatever the percentage is, 30, 40, 20, whatever, set it aside for tax time every single month. 
not just when it's getting close to tax time or not just when you feel like it or not just when you have a high earning month. Every single month, do the calculation and put some aside. And again, if you're in a situation where it is extremely hard just for you to feed yourself, that is fine. You know, you can... You can set aside money for taxes on the, the, the months where you're earning more money. It's just don't get into the habit of doing that long term. Once you've got more of a rolling income, then make sure you're setting aside the money every single month. And honestly, if you're barely feeding yourself, you're probably not going to owe much in taxes anyway. So for those of you who have to pay out HST, like myself, you should also be putting that aside every single month. Don't think of it as income because that's just going to frustrate you. Put it in a separate account and don't touch it until it's time to pay it out. So the way I handle this whole separating money for taxes thing is I put the money into a savings account that's completely separate from my regular spending accounts that I'm not tempted to spend any of it until it's actually time to. Sometimes I actually forget the money's there. <laughs> not, I mean, not really, but like when I'm looking at my regular bank account, I can't see those accounts because they're actually with another bank. Um, so personally, I use a tax-free savings account for my, um, like my tax accounts um, because I don't usually max out my contributions on those. So I'm not going to end up over contributing and have to pay tax on some of it. But of course, um, the other big benefit of having using a, a tax-free savings account is that you're getting a higher interest rate. But obviously, like I said, I'm not a financial professional, so I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of using tax-free savings accounts for this purpose. Um, but there's lots of information online. And again, you can always talk to your financial people in your life to get more info. So what else should you be saving for? So we've, we've, we've covered salary. We're talking about taxes. What else is there? Well, if you're still in a lower yearly income phase, like we we're talking about a second ago, these things are going to be really hard to do, but you should be thinking about them from early on so that when your income hits a level um, where you're able to put aside a bit more money for other things, you can actually start doing it. So if you're already at that level, great, let's talk. What am I talking about though? I'm talking about an emergency fund and change saving for retirement. Because as much as you might love the profession, you have to admit there's gonna be some day where you're gonna want to retire. So emergency funds, what are those about? Well, they're really important for self-employed people like massage therapists. If you can't work, you don't get paid, that is obvious. The last thing you wanna do is get seriously injured or have a lengthy family emergency and suddenly you're in a position where you can't even pay your bills. So emergency funds are there to help you do exactly that in a time where you can't work. The general rule I've heard people say is to save about three months of income in case something happens and you can't work. But for a lot of people, this feels really impossible or really, really difficult to do. But it's a good idea to at least put aside a small percentage of your income each month into an account for your emergency fund. And you're going to find pretty quickly that if you do this consistently, it's not going to be that long before the account actually has a livable amount of money in there. Um, and now let's talk about retirement. So for retirement in Canada, your best bet, assuming, of course, you're, you're not already approaching retirement age. If you are, then go talk to a financial advisor because this is not the best plan for you. But if, you, but if you're still you know, young and you've got many years ahead of you, let's hope until you retire, what you want to do is you want to put your money into an RRSP. With an RSP, you get savings come tax time and the money is invested in a way to encourage growth over a longer period of time. 
Obviously, I'm not going to go into big details on this again, um, but there's lots of articles out there explaining how much you need to save based on your current age and your expected bills when, you know, as you as you age and the desired standard of living you want to have once you're retired. The amount you put aside each month is really based on that, not some arbitrary percentage. That's why I'm not going to quote you a percentage to put aside because it's really based on what you want in your retirement and how old you are right now. All I want to make clear is you really do need to start thinking about this early, not just when you hit age 50, if at all possible. Although I do understand life throws things your way if you're approaching 50 and you haven't been able to yet. That's fine. Start as soon as you can. So we, we've talked about a lot of things here, haven't we? But let's let's wrap this up with one more really important thing that I know trips a lot of small business people, um, massage therapists, solo entrepreneurs, anyone who works for themselves, it trips them up. And that's credit cards. As business owners, sometimes we rely on our credit cards a bit too much, don't we? It's important to remember they're intended to be a convenient way to pay for things. They're not a way to fund a huge project like opening a new clinic or buying a bunch of new equipment. You know, unless you've put the money aside already and as soon as that credit card co- bill comes in, you're going to be able to pay it right away, then, you know, then if that's your situation, then fine, go ahead and do it. But generally speaking, um, for those sorts of things, like I said, like opening a new clinic, anything that's really big bills, not just, you know, your general month to month stuff, you should be getting the best line of credit or small business loan that you can and it's going to have a much lower interest rate than a credit card. You know, the average credit card has something like 19% interest. You know, you, you don't want to be paying that. You know, the last thing anyone needs is big credit card debt. Ask anyone you know who has credit card debt, debt how, how stressful it is. And you'll soon see you don't want to be there. Um, it's, it's just going to eat into your salary and savings. And it's just going to cause you a lot of, you know, heartache. And just just don't go there if you can avoid it by all means, you know, look at other ways to fund these things. Like I said, business loans, sometimes there are grants out there, depending on your type of business that you're, you know, you're launching, you know, as massage therapists, you might be working, you know, some sort of nonprofit type thing. So just look at other ways to fund things that don't involve credit cards. All right. That's that's my big take home message for this little section. So that's it. We're done talking about money, at least for this week. I hope you learned something. I hope it was interesting to you. Next week, we're going to talk about how to increase your income without increasing the number of hours you're doing massages each week. And I'll see you back then. I'll see you back here, that is, next week. I hope you have an awesome week and uh, see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful to you in some way, or if you found one of the other episodes helpful, I'd really appreciate it if you gave me a rating over on iTunes. Just load up iTunes, find my podcast, and click the stars to rate. Um, I'd appreciate it if you gave me five stars, but I totally understand if you feel that I'm not worth five stars. Um, That said, do pop me an email or find me on social media to let me know what I can do to improve the podcast. I would also really appreciate that. Also, if you want to leave me a written rating on iTunes, that would also be really great. Thanks so much, and I hope you guys are listening again next week. Take care. The music for this podcast is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks, Jason.